Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are not financial advisors. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guest is not formal advice or a recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome in. This is the Fundamental Analysis Show, our Sunday episode, and today we're going to be talking about StoneCo. However, first, we got to talk about our friends at 7investing. Ryan, do you want to talk about them and then introduce StoneCo? Sure. So uh, we have partnered with 7investing. They offer seven stock picks a month, and you can use our code CCM for $10 off. It's $17 typically. Uh, so you're what getting seven good stock picks with good analysis for $7. Yep. Almost like, almost like a free trial period. They're not locking you in, but if you want to, um, it's a quality service and at a fair price. So. Yeah. All right, well, I'll dive into what StoneCo does. Um, they provide full-service commerce solutions for small to medium-sized businesses in Brazil, um, maybe large businesses too. I feel like people overuse the term SMBs, but it's basically for businesses in Brazil. They are a lot like Square's seller business. Um, from their website, it looks like they have five primary solutions for their customers. So there's Stone. This is sort of the focal point of most SMBs. It's their hardware point-of-sales solution. But you also get supporting software along with it and an app you can log into the, so you can run your basically run your business from a mobile device. Uh, and then they have Pagar Me, which allows you to easily receive online payments and manage your sales, kind of like a Stripe, even though Stripe is offered in Brazil. So um, I guess a competitor to Stripe in a way. Mm-hmm. And then they have Mundipog. This is your e-commerce intel, so it's data collection on the online business. And then Equals, this is a financial management platform, and it was hard to understand exactly what they do. Uh, and frankly, I had to, a lot of these pages were translated from Portuguese to English. Yeah, it's uh, a tough analysis. This company, um, if you're an American investor, a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, translations, lots of uh, you know currency conversions, uh, conversions as well. Yeah, yeah. Their fifth one was called Capta, and listen to how vague this is. The only thing that described it said, CAPTA enables you to work with various brands, issue tax receipts, blend with your business automation to get even more control on your sales. Yeah. What is, what is that even? Seems like how, a lot of- How does it describe what they do? Yeah, it's a lot of jargon. Lots of jargon there. Uh, okay, work with various brands. Are they just a marketplace? I mean, I guess the tax thing is kind of nice. Uh, Whatever, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And I tried to watch a YouTube video on it and learn about it, but it was all in Portuguese, so uh, it did basically nothing for me. Uh, but the history, Stone Co. was started in 2012 by Andre Street and Eduardo Pontes. Both the founders had already spent a decade working in the electronic payments industry before starting Stone Co. And it was started as a software that allowed merchants to accept digital payments, so they were linking a cardholder's account to a digital payments network and then to the merchant themselves. Uh, basically software that just allowed for payments and Stoneco is based in Sao Paulo and has more than 5,900 employees now. They IPO'd in 2018. Interesting note, Berkshire Hathaway has a 7.9% stake in their Class A common stock, but it only amounts to around 1.2% of the voting power. There's four institutions with more uh, shares than Berkshire, but Berkshire grabs the headlines. Yeah, it's it's not a tiny investment for Berkshire, and yeah, that is the clickbait uh, that anyone that's writing 
you know, they're going to use Berkshire as the headline there. And it doesn't, it's not meaningful to Berkshire at all, but it's interesting that they had the confidence to invest in Stone Co. I'll hit the valuation. Um, just one note, when you're looking at something like Coifin, uh, the, the plug-in numbers they have for them are going to be wrong, uh, specifically the valuation numbers. So again, you're, you're going to have to do the work on your own for this one, which isn't a bad thing. It's just going to create a little more work. Uh, their EV, which is enterprise value, is about $20.3 billion currently. Uh, ticker is STNE, and it is traded just in the United States. I actually don't think it's an ADR. Um, so I think they are, eh, I could be wrong there, but either way, you're able to invest as an American investor and likely anywhere internationally. I'm pretty sure the company itself is incorporated in the Cayman Islands. Yeah, it, it might be not an ADR, but it, again, if it is an ADR, it's not like you can't invest in it. Okay. Uh, EV to sales is 34.4. That is trailing. And again, on this, make sure you convert from Brazilian dollars to US dollars when calculating that. EV to gross profit is 45.3 based off of the gross margins they had the last nine months. But they're not really a gross margin business because they act sort of like a bank. They're getting a lot of interest income, which is about, I don't want to say it's the majority, but it's a sizable portion, at least 30 to 50% of their revenue is from that financial income. Uh, no dividends or share buybacks, as you might expect. They are a high-growth company, around $400 million U.S. dollars in cash, and about half of that in debt obligations. I'm not going to go through all their balance sheet because they have about a dozen different unique things that are kind of bank-like on their balance sheet, you know, receivables, payables, FIDC obligations, lots to back out when you're actually getting the true assets and liabilities that aren't just payments that they owe to people and then payments they're going to get from other institutions. Okay, and I'll dig into the earnings then. They had trailing 12-month revenue of $589.3 million. Um, I was not going to do the year-over-year growth on the trailing 12-month because it was way too hard to calculate because I was scavenging all over their SEC filings to find the information. But their third quarter revenue was $177.68 million. That was up 39.2% year-over-year. And their total payment volume was $13.1 billion for the quarter, up 114% year-over-year. If you exclude Corona vouchers, which is a funny term, it was an increase of around 47% year-over-year. And the and Corona the, vouchers, so everyone knows, yeah. was that was the government money sent to, uh, was that businesses or consumers? Uh, ooh, it's probably, oh gosh, I don't know. It's either the PPP loan version of Brazil or the CARES Act version. So it's not something that's normal and uh, Stone Co. was not having, didn't take any take rate. So also look at their right. take rate was down. Um, I guess you're going to hit that next. Yeah, their take rate was 1.3% for the quarter. If you exclude it, it was 1.76% for the quarter. I mean, if you think about it, it'd be kind of scummy for Stone Co. to be like, here, we'll give it to our, uh, we'll give the money everyone needs and then we'll take 1% of it. So obviously they took zero on that. Um, but they had $47 million in net income for the quarter, up 30.2% year over year. That's a net margin of around 27%. Uh, and then they had $54 million in free cash flow, and that's about 31% free cash flow margins. Strong, strong numbers on that. Like yeah. th Those net income numbers, I, I don't know if they could get to 50% free cash flow margins over time. They might have not that much margin expansion, but uh, you're really like they're growing at a profitable rate. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is... Red color, red color, where are you? 
all blocked thanks to advanced security included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. All right, welcome back in. Next up, we'll be digging trenches. I'll go first. I'm going to give it an NA because I don't know enough about the South American. <laughs> look, if you look at the business in without in a vacuum, I would say yes, because there's a high switching cost. They lock people into all their software offerings, and it's probably in between two and three. However, there's Mercado Libre, there's Pogseguro, there's Stoneco. I don't know what kind of competing offerings they have. I know Mercado Libre is larger, way more capitalized. Um, what do you think about the moat here? Yeah, it can be a three. It could also be a zero. I mean, we don't know what sort of competitors they have or how integral they are to their current consumers and also, or customers. Uh, also, uh, other companies can expand internationally to Brazil that compete with them. Yep. Like, you know, if Square gets it right, they can compete with Stone Co. in a big way. So it's... Honestly, it's hard to give any big point of sales solution. Any any company that competes on point of sales solution, it's hard to give them a perfect three. Yes, because there's so many different interchangeable softwares and hardwares for it. Yeah, and it's not hard to just increase your customer acquisition costs, spend a little bit more on marketing, lower that uh you know the payments to more of a commodity offering. It's not too hard to switch, so it's not like you're locking in a cloud, you know, like a AWS or Azure type deal. It's it's not it's not that large. All right. Further reading, what do you think? Yeah, so pay attention to the macro environment. That's definitely something if you're going to invest in this business, you need to know about. Uh, a few figures that I found on their 20F, which is their annual report, real growth in GDP has been around 1% over the last three years, and that was prior to COVID. And for, for Brazil. Right. Okay. And then uh, inflation has been above 7% in 2018 and 2019 on one of the indices. And then there's another one that was like 4%. Yeah. So it's just a very different macro environment than the U.S. And as a techno as a payments facilitator and a bank, that's something you want to pay attention to. I think interest rates are like 7% down there. Yeah. And another note is that if inflation is high in Brazil, that means that the Brazilian dollars coming in are not going to be worth as much when converted to U.S. dollars, which if you are a U.S. investor, that is what it means the most. I know some of our listeners are in maybe, you know, Canada, Europe, other places, but the it, that actually impacts the business a ton. If you're getting deflated or diluted, or sorry, inflated or diluted by 7% every year when you have to convert those Brazilian dollars to U.S. dollars, even if in Brazilian dollars they're growing a lot, that matters if you're a U.S. investor, even if Stone Cold the business is doing quite well. Yeah, and people are like, well, you know they are a bank, and uh, banks are tied to the tr or the interest rates of that uh, country. Mm -hmm. And so when they have seven percent interest, yeah, that looks really exciting. But at six percent or seven percent inflation, it's really not that great. Yeah, and it, there's a lot that goes into that equation. And then as an international bank, uh, if you're not down in Brazil, there's just a lot to wrap your head around. You may not have uh, any information that can help you give. Uh, any advantage there, but I'll hit mine. I said, you know, what are management's plans for the consumer side? We know that a lot of these payment companies try to go for consumer as well because they want to work the B2B stuff and the, the B2C, but they also want to have the things like Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, all that stuff, um, Robinhood. You know, are they only going to be small business focused forward? I know they're actually expanding to some large retailers with that Lynx acquisition, which you'll hit next, but it's not a bad thing if they're not going to consumer, but, you know, it'd be nice if they were. That is why we liked Square yeah. uh, for, well, that was one of the bigger reasons, uh, but I'll get into my growth opportunity. They bought Lynx, which is a retail management software in Brazil. 
Um, and it was a cash and stock deal totaling about $1.1 billion. Lynx is a public company. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, that is a pretty, it ended up being a pretty big acquisition for them. And Lynx has 70,000 retail clients that process more than 55 billion in volume each year. So think about a retail business, whether it's, uh, like a clothing retailer, they have to manage inventory. They have to manage, uh, work hours, all that stuff. Yep. Um, that's sort of what Lynx is providing. And, the shares of Link shot up around 40% on the news of this deal. Basically, it should allow retailers, if they use a stone, if they use the stone point of sales stuff and the software behind it, basically they can bottle up all their costs into Stone Co. products. Yep. Yeah. So and yeah, I mean, it, it. I guess people quote synergies, uh, but it makes sense here. Yeah. The uh, the and the 55 billion dollars is not. Uh, they aren't a payment processor, so you might think, well, that's like bigger than even what Stone Co. is doing, but that's just. It's not like their actual business. Lynx doesn't do payments. So it's going to hopefully merge with these 70,000 retailers and be able to use Stone Coast products to replace their point of sales, which Lynx does not. Offer. Yeah, retailers subscribe to Lynx, unless I'm mistaken. They subscribe mm-hmm. to Lynx, so it's recurring revenue. It's not like a huge take rate where that's what Stone Coast business model is built on. Yeah. So when you look at that volume number, it's how much whatever clothing or items is being purchased in that year yeah subscription versus usage all right i'll hit credit funding that's my future growth opportunity i'm going to try to simplify it a bit because it's got a lot of banking jargon when they go through it but one thing to note is they doubled this sequentially from q2 passing 200 million dollars in funding they state that they're trying to keep a conservative stance on giving out these loans and they are starting an fidc uh, product which is a packaged instrument of loans that can offload to third parties like hedge funds that take the risk off of Stone Coast balance sheet, similar to what Square and other people that give small business loans, uh, they do this. It's very standard, but that's just the Brazilian way of doing it with the Brazilian regulations and whatever process you have to go through with the SEC, FD, or FIDCs of the product, you know, all the rules and stuff down there. There is something about saying the words uh, package loans yeah. and offload them to third parties it's, makes you cringe. It gets the uh, the big short uh, yeah. neurons firing, right? Yeah, it just sounds sketchy. Uh, but but it, it makes sense because they have the data just like Square does and I think they have a 2% return on assets on those so it's quite low. So they're giving out tiny loans and I think only it was like the average loan was $19,000 in Brazil reals, which is like $5,000 in US dollars. So these are Small. tiny businesses. They're trying to get them started, you know, get some cash flow, um, you know, stuff like that. And the, the interest rates aren't going to be quite high. It's not like someone taking out a giant bond uh, over a 20-year period. It, it's like the opposite of that. Way smaller, shorter, you know, simpler. Okay. What do you have for highlights and lowlights? Uh, I saw that net income grew 3% over the last nine months compared to 2019, which I think is very impressive given the headwinds. I know the coronavirus is a bit bad in Brazil. Um, the Lynx acquisition does look interesting, and the unit economics of their business, they're, they're sound. Um, there's a lot of complications to it, but I think when you get down to it, the, the business model works. Uh, Lowlights are the is Brazilian it, economy. Oh, go ahead. Is it 3% or 30 uh, so over the last nine months, okay, you so might have been looking this at quarter, just the they quarter. did 30% increase in net income, but I was trying to do the full up to oh, September. There was such a huge, yeah, because Q2, Q2 was bad, right? Okay, keep going. Uh, low lights for me, Brazil economy, you know, it means you gotta, you gotta think there's gonna be more upside here if you're gonna take the risk, uh, like those macro things that people talked about, or sorry, that Ryan talked about uh, earlier, you know, versus a US or European business. If I'm expecting a 12% return. 
from a United States business, I may be expecting 16 to 18% for something like this because you're taking the risk. It's an international investment. Um, and it's a little complicated. So investors may not want to get bogged down in the numbers. You may miss some things because there's, you know, a lot of things that aren't standard with this business. But conversely, this could be a good thing if enough people ignore the numbers. If you follow this business closely enough, you can see when things are moving in the right direction. And a lot of people in the market, at least in the United States, may not be paying attention or may not understand them. Yeah. And I'll get into mine then. Uh, one one big highlight for me is that the government used them to distribute money. So that definitely shows that they're an integral component to sort of the business landscape in Brazil, which might be a testament to their moat rating, which, uh, I mean, if they're using them, it's a lot like uh, U.S. government using Cash App, that kind of thing, yeah. or Square to reach consumers or businesses. So yeah, that is a testament to their business. Uh, they're growing fast. They're powering SMBs in a lot of ways. So it's not just that one focal point, the point of sale solution. They're adding a lot of adjacent products so can kind of land and expand within their customers. Uh, but low lights, honestly, I couldn't tell you what the business actually does. Uh, and I can give you like the jargon of it. You know, it's payments fintech. But for most of the businesses I own, I like to be able to draw it out. I couldn't draw it out with... Uh, Stone Co. And so, yeah. And the other part is like Square. I don't think I would have ever bought Square if I hadn't encountered it in person and realized that it's helping small businesses in such a big way. Like, I'd like to be in Brazil and see it. I know that's sort of a lazy excuse, but I don't know. They, it, they, there leaves a lot of uncertainty when you actually don't get to witness the product in any way. Yeah. I guess another way to boil it down is if I would think, okay, if it takes a few weeks, um, to get introduced to a new company, to then understand it, and then kind of set it up either on your watch list or like, okay, I might start buying a few shares here. Maybe it takes a month. For Stoneco, I think it might take five times as long. Um, yeah. There's a lot of outside sources to go through. You got to convert everything. I know there's some people probably have software that they pay to convert everything. We're not on that budget. Uh, you know, Bloomberg Terminal, if you have one of those, it's probably what, uh, it probably helps a ton with that. But we're talking about retail investors like us that- yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, okay, now you've done, let's say it took you five months to do the due diligence before you bought Stoneco uh, and you feel like you have a good grasp on what they do. Things can come along while you own the business that yeah. you might not know how to respond to. If there's some sort of Brazilian macro event that changes it and can adversely impact Stoneco's business, you might not know that because you're just not attuned to the macro environment down there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's uh, it, there's a lot of fish in the sea for investors, and if you think Stone Coast too complicated, um, you know, hey, that might be an indicator. All right, maybe I want to put in the work, but if you don't, it doesn't mean you can't be, you know, you can't find good returns somewhere else. Right. Uh, more or less interested. More or less. I, okay, I'm I'm a bit on the fence. I think I'm more interested because the numbers look great even in the face of the coronavirus. However, it's not something we'll likely end up buying. Um, I guess I'll just speak for both of us unless there's better information for us. Um, again, there's a ton of fish in the sea. And even if the numbers are great, you're paying a premium valuation for something that you don't know too much about. No, agreed. And that, that's, that is the one thing. If this business was trading at, first of all, uh, it's, a, it's a sales multiple in what, the 30s? Uh, yes. And sales are dramatically inflated because of the corona vouchers or whatever yeah or or sales, sorry uh, volume volume, volume was yep. um but a sales multiple in the 30s for a company growing 39 percent um 
is hard to begin with. If this was cheaper, I would still have my hesitant, like my hesitations, yeah. just because there's a lot of gray area around the business that I don't quite understand. Yeah, definitely could see this being a great investment for people, uh, but it's not something I'm comfortable owning with. All right, that's good. Yeah. Gonna hit the outro. Remember to use our promo code CCM to get ten dollars off your first month at Seven Investing. Remember, we are not financial advisors. Anything we say on this show is not formal advice or recommendation thank you all for listening make sure to give us show suggestions like this one it was a show suggestion on twitter uh on the dms of at chitchat money very simple to find and on our email chitchat money podcast at gmail.com thank you all for listening we'll see you on our next episode